Radio. Welcome to the Unlimited Wealth Podcast, where we help entrepreneurs like you build the wealth and lifestyle you deserve. My name is Nicholas Jensen, bringing you the secrets behind the relationships, strategies, and mindset of the most successful people on the planet. Showing you how to collapse time frames in order to win at business, money, and the adventures of life. You don't know what you don't know, so I'm here to show how the wealthy live, think, and make their money grow. It's time to live the life that you deserve. I'm, I'm here to help. My, my name is Nicholas Jensen. And, and this is Unlimited Wealth. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Unlimited Wealth Podcast. My name is Nicholas Jensen. Hey, today I want to talk to you about taxes, and I want to talk to you about a way as a business owner you can get free money back from the government. So this is something that I talked to you guys about last summer a little bit, but the reason that I want to look loop back to the subject is I'm seeing a lot of business owners miss out on it. So what I'm specifically referring to is the R&D tax incentives and rebates. So this is one of those situations where, in my opinion, it's the most overlooked opportunity for business owners uh, to, to receive money back from the IRS and the government. And when you look at today's day and age, I mean, we just recently had a change in um, the, the POTUS, the president of the United States. So we went from a Republican president to now a Democratic rep- uh, president, which we can anticipate that taxes are probably going to increase over the next four years. So as a business owner, you want to always be looking at, hey, how can I improve my cash flow? How can I reduce my taxes? And the R&D tax incentives and rebates is one of the ways to easily uh, reduce or, or get back some of the money that you've paid to the IRS. So I think one of the reasons that it's that it is so overlooked is or some of the most common reasons are one, I don't think business owners really know about them being available to them. So it's one of those situations where we need to get the word out. We need to let business owners know that, Hey, this is available to you. You may or may not qualify, but it's in your best interest to look into it. The other thing that, that I've seen happen is either from misconceptions or their own ideas, they may know about the credit, but they don't think that they would have qualified or maybe even they're kind of self-censoring themselves from it. And I've even seen some CPAs self or help censor their clients from these incentives, which I think is an absolute mistake. I don't know exactly why that's happening. It may be because CPAs are a little bit more cautious and and they don't want to uh, rock the boat or what I think it is personally is I just don't think that a lot of them know how to apply for for their clients and, and they don't want to look stupid in front of their clients, right? So they they just kind of brush it aside or or steer uh, or help them steer steer clear of it. So let me kind of give you some background on the R&D tax credit. So this has been around since, or it's been in the tax code since 1981. And it was originally put in place to reward uh, businesses for big innovations, right? So the government or the IRS wants to encourage people to go through the trial and error process. They want to make sure they, or they want to encourage them to make goods and make services and improve processes and things like that. So it was originally put in place for large corporations that were creating and or producing a new product or a process, right? And so this kind of limited it when it was originally brought out to cutting edge type companies, companies that were having these these big, massive R&D type new products or processes put in place. And it also kind of, it took a large team to and resources to kind of go through the process of applying for the credits. 
So kind of fast forward from 1981 to the early 2000s. And what happened was the IRS, they eliminated this, the discovery rule. So that no longer needed to be in play, or that no longer was one of the criteria. And basically what the discovery rule, rule was, was that the product or the process or the service, it no longer needed to be new to the world. So from an R&D perspective, it didn't have to be new to the world, but it just needed it to be new to the taxpayer. So the, the individual that's applying for the credit, that product or process um, needed to be new to, to that business. So what this did, it was this opened the door for a, a much larger pool of companies and even industries to start applying for these credits. So the, the IRS made that rule change in the early 2000s, but it still kind of didn't catch on completely, right? It, it, there's still the stigma of it's, this is for large corporations. You need a huge team to, to put this together. And then the other thing was up until, the, up until 2015, this was a temporary uh, tax credit. But what they did in 2015 is they made it permanent. So now that it's it's permanently embedded into the IRS code. So since then, more and more companies have put resources towards figuring out how to help businesses uh, apply for, for these individuals. Because before it was just kind of like a year by year basis or you know every couple of years, they didn't know how long it was going to be around. So to specialize in this, this uh, industry, if you will, businesses really didn't know how much resources they wanted to put behind figuring out how, how to do this. So in 2015, once it became permanent, now you started to see some resources uh, get behind it. And, and in fact, if you look at uh, how much money this saves businesses um, over the uh, every year. So the Washington Post, they actually, they actually did a study and they anticipated that tax credit, R&D tax credits and other uh, related uh, tax breaks uh, save U.S. businesses about $12 billion a year. So think about your business and think about those individuals or those businesses that are applying for these credits are getting back in total about $12 billion a year. But we've still, what we've discovered is there's still a lot of businesses and or industries that just don't understand that this is available to them. And so as this increasingly becomes more popular, obviously that $12 billion a year, that, that number is going to go up, right? So basically what, since the discovery rule is no longer in place and it, it doesn't have to be new to the world, but it now just has to be new to the taxpayer, what you have to look at is anytime a business is making changes to a design or a development process to make it cheaper, greener, cleaner, better, uh, and quicker, they actually could be earning tax credits, right? So oftentimes when we think about R&D, we think about technology, but it, it, it has to be based in the sciences, but it doesn't necessarily have to be some new technological uh, innovation. So that's a little bit of the history of the, of the, the tax credit. The question is, well, who can apply, who qualifies, right? Because this is no longer for these big tech firms or these, these big innovative companies, but this is for small businesses too. So kind of, this is a general rule, 
But if, if you're looking at your business, you're saying, Hey, would I qualify? He, let me kind of give you some one, some common industries that it applies to. And then two, I'll kind of give you some baseline numbers that you may want to be looking at to say, Hey, I, I could, or, or, or could not uh, qualify for this. So first common industries, um, I'm just going to rattle off a bunch. You can, you know, when you look at R and D, it can go across several different industries uh, throughout the U.S., but but here's a few. So manufacturing, construction's a huge one. Uh, engineering, uh, textiles, agriculture, automotive, financial services, software, uh, consumer products, entertainment media, food processing, doctor's offices, dentist offices, chiropractor's offices, uh, anything in the medical field oftentimes will qualify for this stuff. I think I already said agriculture, uh, oil and gas would qualify, consulting qualifies, uh, chemicals and plastics, telecommunications, and you know the list goes on and on and on. So if your business falls in any one of those industries, those are some of the most common. But but that's not necessarily all of the industries that would apply. Uh, the other thing you want to look at, kind of from a baseline qualification standpoint, is how much money you're paying in taxes every year. So bare bones minimum, if you've paid about $30,000 in the last three years, so roughly $10,000 a year in taxes, there's a chance you qualify. The other thing you want to look at is um, total payroll. So if your total payroll in your company, including owners um, and officers of the business is between three hundred would to $400,000, you would qualify. So Again, the the bigger the business, the larger the incentives. The smaller the business, uh, you know, maybe the smaller incentives there. So, those are again are just kind of a general rule of hey, could I could I be eligible for this? If you don't fall within those guidelines, please reach out and 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 let us figure out if if uh, if you can qualify. Because again, those are just general general rules. So some of the uh, let's kind of go to. Uh, some of the questions that come up, two of the most common questions that come up when I talk to clients about R&D tax incentives is number one, why hasn't my CPA told me about this? Well, from my experience, and I covered this a little bit uh, previously, but from my experiences, one, most CPA firms, uh, they're, book, they're bookkeeping and tax filing firms, but they don't really understand the R&D incentives yet or they know enough about them to kind of have a surface level knowledge of them, but they're not experts in the credits and they really don't know how to apply for them because applying for them does take amended tax returns, which you would think, yeah, CPAs, you know, easily can do that, which is true as long as they know how to structure and or apply for the credit. So unless uh, the CPA firms or your CPA specializes in, in these tax credits, Again, they they oftentimes have a surface level knowledge of what they are, but they don't have a deep understanding of of how to apply for them. So, the other thing is, is since the credit became permanent in 2015, and they're becoming more and more popular, my anticipation is a lot of these CPA firms that aren't doing this now will probably adopt this in the next several years. Right? They'll probably move this into their repertoire, if you will, of, of helping clients. But right now it's still fairly new. I mean, from a permanent standpoint, it's only five years old. So a lot of them just haven't, uh, haven't caught on yet. That's number one. Um, 
Why hasn't my CPA told me about it? And, and again, in order to move forward with applying for these credits, you don't necessarily have to have your CPA involved. You can. Uh, we're happy to have a conversation with your CPA, but they don't have to be involved in order to apply f- for the credits. The companies that we work with specialize in helping businesses apply for, for these, co- these credits. So don't be worried if your CPA doesn't necessarily have a deep understanding of them. Not a big deal. We've got plenty of clients that, uh, that have notified their CPA that's what they're doing. And then, you know, have moved forward that way. So that's number one. The second thing that people often ask, because you are amending your tax returns, they're asking about audit risk. Hey, is this going to increase my chances of becoming audited? Well, the first thing that I would say is anybody can be audited at any time for any reason. So what I don't want to say is there's never going to be a chance that you would be audited if you applied for these incentives, because that's simply not true. But what we have discovered is that chances of being audited are negligible. The If you look at the industry as a whole, and you look at how many people have been audited after filing one of these amendments versus how many that not, it's like 0.01%. Like it's super, super small of those individuals that have triggered a, an audit. But again, uh, I, I don't want to say that it can't happen because that's not true. It can happen, but it can happen for any reason. In fact, if, if you're concerned about being audited, the way to stay away from being audited is simply just pay your taxes and not apply for any write-offs or incentives or anything like that because the government is more than happy to uh, to take your money. And even then, you probably aren't uh, insulating yourself from an audit because again, you could you could still be audited there. So that's probably the the second thing that the or the second big question that's asked when uh, R and D tax incentives are, are brought up. So. I just want to give you a couple examples that uh, that we've gone through with uh, businesses to kind of give you an idea of of what's out there. So when you look at these tax incentives, again, it de- it depends on how big the business is and how much of their daily tax are to improve processes or products uh, and services and things like that. So, but but here's a couple examples. So. Uh, dentist office, 96,000 bucks, kind of a bigger office. I had about 25 employees, uh, chiropractor's office, three employees, 25 grand, uh, small construction company, about 11 employees. Uh, they received like 32,000, a larger commercial construction company that, uh, so this is a, a larger company. It had 50 plus employees and they got over $250,000 back. So again, this is just money that's sitting there that they could have taken advantage of had they known how to apply for it. So once they knew how to apply for it, they did. And this is just simply money that uh, that they got back. So um, a manufacturing company, smaller manufacturing company, uh, got about $146,000. So again, these are just different examples of, of people that have received credits. I've got so many more examples of businesses kind of falling in all of those ranges that are able to, or that have been able to apply for these credits and uh, these incentives. So again, if you've paid, uh, you know, at least $30,000 over the last three years, you probably will, there's a good chance. I don't want to say, I don't want to make any promises here, but there's a good chance you could qualify 
for these tax credits. So the next question is, well, well, how do you find out? That's the beautiful thing. In order to find out how, or if you qualify, it's super simple. It's free, number one, right? So, so you can get a free assessment of, hey, would I qualify for this or, or would I not? It takes about 20 minutes. You fill out a, a form and then you send in your, that form plus your last three years of tax returns. And uh, they do a deep dive analysis and an assessment on does this business qualify? And if it does, they'll tell you exactly how much you'd qualify for. So if that sounds of interest to you, again, I, it's probably one of the easiest things that businesses could apply for that they're just missing uh, at this point. We all know what the government talks about, you know, uh, deferring your taxes and those, you know, simple types of write-offs like that, uh, invest in um, tax deferred, uh, retirement accounts, blah, blah, blah. The same crap you hear all over the place. But outside of that stuff, this is probably one of the things that I see business owners missing more frequently than other types of incentives. And it's so easy to, to take advantage of. So if you're interested in that and you want some help with it, feel free to reach out to me. You can just send me an email, just send me an email to Nicholas at nicholascjensen.com. We can go through a, a quick phone call and I can tell you whether there's a chance you qualify or not. So other than that, thanks so much for listening. Have a great week. Go out there and build the wealth and the lifestyle you deserve. We'll talk to you next time. See ya. Hey, real quick. Are you a six or seven figure entrepreneur who is making great money, but like so many other unwealthy successes, you're not seeing your wealth grow? If so, I can help. Head over to nicholascjensen.com forward slash wealth and take my free wealth building assessment now. Learn how to become a strategic investor and start building the wealth you and your family deserve. Again, that's Nicholas, the letter C, Jensen.com forward slash wealth. We'll see you next time on Unlimited Wealth.